Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. As promised, I am delighted to have uh, Quante Bosco Adams join us live in studio. He was sentenced to 35 years for attempted possession of marijuana. He pulled off one of the most ingenious prison breaks ever. I laugh every time I think about it. <laughs> While under 24-hour surveillance in solitary confinement. The brother got out. When he was finally captured, he fired his attorneys, represented himself in federal court. I ain't mad at him. And fought his way to freedom 19 years early. He is the only person in the U.S. to ever escape from secure federal custody and then successfully represent himself in federal court uh, if it sounds like a hollywood film that's because it is it's coming out this summer uh starring a number of folk including tyrese vivica a fox and others but quante bosco adams joins us live right now uh in the studios of kbla talk 1580 bosco good to see you man how are you man, thanks for having me Tavis. man it's good to see you brother we were together, together yesterday for yeah, a little bit yesterday in compton yeah yeah, yeah. in compton well, you you were born and raised in compton yep, yeah 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 compton. yeah so yep. you you were back home yesterday yeah i was back home i, I was just i was just <laughs> hanging out with you yesterday uh but it's good to see you uh, in studio uh i'm going to make the most of these uh 25 minutes that we have uh don't want to give away too much because the folk will see the movie when it comes out but it is it is quite the story so let me just uh manage our time as best we can first of all how did you end up in the pokey to begin with for uh attempting to possess marijuana reverse mm-hmm. thing uh was trying to buy marijuana and it was turned out to be undercover federal agents who was delivering it to me so when i showed up to pick it up they gave me the keys to a van that had the marijuana inside of it mm-hmm. disabled the van once i walked stepped inside the van uh tried to start it they arrested me mm-hmm. um 35 years is a long time too much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 35 years is a long time for attempting to possess marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how did you process the sentence when you uh, when you heard it? Uh, to be surprised, surprisingly, I was expecting more. I was actually facing life. Right. It was trying to give me life. So when I got sentenced to 35, it was somewhat less than what I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the time I got arrested, and I learned that I was facing life without parole for marijuana, I was trying to break out because yeah. I learned that I had a child on the way. My first and only child was conceived three weeks earlier. Mm. And so I was in a cell processing all of that. My legacy, who would I be defined as? Somebody who repeated the same site. My father went to prison when I was young. Mm. I never saw him again. Mm. So I grew up without my father so I knew what it was like to not have a father in the household or not have that strong male to guide and direct you so when I was sitting inside that box thinking about my child entering this world I just saw history repeating itself Mm, mm. a child brought up in this world without a strong father and I was to blame (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I decided that I was going to break out. Mm. You, you were what age at the time you went in? I was 28. 28 years old. Um, before I get to the breakout, which is the fascinating part of the story, there are many. You've done some, such great work since then. There are a lot of fascinating parts of your life. I don't want to uh, say uh, that. Um, but how, how, do you, how do you process in real time, given that marijuana is now legal? You see where I'm going here, right? Yeah. <laughs> given that it's legal in this state and other states across the country. How do you process that a brother could be facing life, not 35 years to your point, uh, Bosco, but facing life 
for attempted marijuana possession. Yeah, it's hard to process. It makes you start wondering about the U.S. government. Yeah, it starts make you uh you start. In, in my case, I started wondering whether it was just this whole plot to just take black men mm-hmm. off the streets, mm-hmm. and you start looking at the war on drugs overall and realize how many people are sitting in prison for life for nonviolent drug offenses. Mm-hmm. And there I was, marijuana, and you had company states de- starting to decriminalize marijuana. You had uh, people getting rich from the very same thing that I was doing. The only way to process it is to say, like, okay, this is a plot against young black men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still wrapping my brain around that, that, that you're facing life for attempted marijuana possession. But to your point, and I'm not naive, and that's why I ask it, uh, there's something more here. Uh, it, 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 the, the, the time doesn't fit the crime, right? Definitely. Yeah. So um, you said moments ago uh, that from the time you went in that you, uh, you, you wanted to break out. Now, it's one thing to have that in your mind. I, I suspect everybody that goes to prison thinks about breaking out. Uh, yes. One of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I watch, you've seen it before. Yeah, I watched. I, it's on TV every day somewhere, man. And I can never get enough of it. I love that movie with Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. Uh, Tim Robbins, to your point, was determined. The character he plays, uh, Andy Dufresne, yeah. uh, was determined to break out in the Shawshank Redemption. Um, but here you are, you know, in it, you know a brother saying, "I want to break out." So uh, tell me the story of how you were <laughs> processing this inside the box of breaking out. And then I, I, I keep under, underscoring this, that you did it in solitary confinement, under surveillance, but somehow, Bosco, you got out. How did you do that? Man, I think it was God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I didn't see that covered. <laughs> God, yeah, God broke you out, huh? Yeah. You, like, you, like, you, like, you, like, you like Paul and Silas in jail after yeah. midnight. You like Paul and Silas, so God, bro- God broke Bosco you out. Know, everything <laughs> happens for a reason. I think a lot of it happens to bring me where I'm at to create this story mm-hmm. you know I had to go down this journey in order to be in a position I had a, to create a platform to where I can start using my voice and my experience right. but it's all about determination and when I was in there I was determined and like you said a lot of people talk or think about escaping mm-hmm. but very few actually try to execute it very few have the courage and very few have the intellect Mm -hmm. and I didn't know anything about breaking out of prison but that determination made me learn whatever it was that I needed to learn to execute it so I would spend all day thinking about breaking out of prison I would count bricks I would observe every room everywhere I went inside of a prison I would observe the guards I mean their movement mannerisms I knew how many steps it took for them to walk 100 <laughs> yards you know <laughs> I listened to the sound of their feet man uh, all of that and and as time when you put yourself in that zone it opens up the mind it opens up the brain to different portals that I never thought I had mm-hmm. to where I can see things and sense things that other people can't sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it, when you surround yourself and you're determined to accomplish something and you surround yourself with nothing but information about whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, the brain starts to to adapt to that. And mm-hmm. it starts to allow you to sense and see, sense different things that you never sensed before 
So I picked up, when I was in my zone for breaking out of prison, I just picked up every little thing that can be a tool or an asset mm. to me actually escaping from prison. So clearly you didn't write anything down. You just had this plan in your head. Exactly. And and, and in short order, what what was the plan that you crafted inside your head? How how were you, how, how were you going to actually do this? Well, the plan was to get up inside of the attic. Every mm-hmm. place, every building has an exhaust right. vent. Right. And if you can find an exhaust vent, you can find an exit. Mm-hmm. There may be barriers prevent you from getting through that exit or getting to that exit, but that's what I had in my mind is that mm-hmm. I needed to get up into the attic of the prison yeah. and find this exhaust vent and take it from there. Whatever barriers yeah. I had to uh, overcome there. But if but if you're in solitary confinement and you're being you're under surveillance, you know, basically twenty four seven, like like how did you figure out the moment when you could get into the exhaust system? It, distractions, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I realized inside of the cell they had a camera. Right. But there was a blind spot behind the camera, and mm-hmm. the camera happened to be over the toilet. And once I realized that there was a blind spot there, and I knew that if I can cause a distraction to get the guards who that were watching the camera to focus on something else mm-hmm. for a minute to give me time to get behind that camera and get to that blind spot, then I can go to work. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did a lot of times is I had somebody else inside the jail create a distraction, start fighting with the guards. They take the camera, the monitor off of my cell and start monitoring the hallway and other parts to where this distraction was going on. So so you tested these distractions before you actually pulled it off? Of course, for sure. Wow. How did you get these other brothers to help you? I guess charisma. (laughs) (laughs) You you convince folk to create distractions so that you would not be the focus of their attention. Yep. And what do you make of the fact that nobody snitched? That was luck. Yeah. Because in federal system. What what did it say? Snitches get stitches? Hey, in federal system, they got to send 85% snitch and cooperate. And the other 15% will someday wish they had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got so you. So in the feds, <laughs> you're definitely surrounded by people who are looking for information that can be used to get their sentence reduced. Yeah, but you but you picked the right people, though. Yeah, I had, I had one person in there who was yeah. a zip-ass fool who was down to create distractions for me mm-hmm. just out of love. Okay, uh, so <laughs> so now we <laughs> we've covered that part of the story. Uh, when we come forward, uh, the next phase, which is how he actually, in fact, pulled it off, uh, and then uh, what happens thereafter. Uh, again, this stuff you're hearing now is the the stuff of of Hollywood. Uh, this is a film, as I mentioned earlier. It stars uh, Tyrese, Vivica Fox, some other person. Anthony um, is in is in the project. Anthony, I'm blanking his last name right now. No, not Anthony. Yeah, I've got him. I've got it. I've, when we come forward, I'll give it to you. I want to get. I want to make sure I do justice to the <laughs> cast. I, 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 Aubrey, Aubrey Joseph, Aubrey Joseph. I kept saying DC Young Fly. That's right. Thank you, Bosco. Theo Rossi. There you Thomas go. Thomas Jane. There you go. Nikki Blonsky. Bosco coming to my rescue. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> See, I got Bosco looking out for me, like he has somebody looking out for him <laughs> on the inside. We'll continue when we come forward on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Be sure to like and follow Tavis Smith. Conversations that matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. I was telling Bosco Adams, uh, Quante Bosco Adams, uh, during that during that break, uh, we were talking about uh, 
uh, Shawshank Redemption, uh, one of my favorite films I mentioned earlier. And I also mentioned I Love Escape from Alcatraz. That's the old school uh, uh, project with, uh, with Clint Eastwood. And so uh, I was asking um, uh, uh, Bosco, had he seen those films? And you were telling me that. Yeah, once I never saw them until I got in my escape mode. And there was times in, in prison when I was in a wreck cage with a television and I would specifically try to find their movies. And Shawshank Redemption and Escape from Alcatraz was they, those were two of them that I wanted, yeah. that I watched. When, when you saw Shawshank Redemption and Escape from Alcatraz while you're in the box thinking about plotting, planning your escape, uh, were you inspired by those movies? Were there takeaways from the films? Like what, 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 what was your... I didn't get any really good takeaways, but it was more so inspiration mm -hmm. just to know that it can be done. Mm -hmm. and when you see other people doing it, you know, you start to believe more that you can do it yourself. Yeah. And, and Shawshank was by far the best to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so watching my time here. We got uh, 10 minutes left between now and the top of the hour. So give me some sense of how you actually pulled it off. Uh, I smuggled a hacksaw blade inside the prison, uh, threw a book to another prisoner, uh, got the hacksaw blade, cut a hole in the ceiling behind the camera, mm -hmm. crawled up into the exhaust vent, I mean into the attic of the prison, uh, chiseled my way through this barrier, got up into the exhaust vent, and 60 feet up, threw down a rope and scaled down the rope. And that was it. That was it. Um, <laughs> I say that's it. That's a lot, man. <laughs> that, that, that is a lot. Um, you went in at 28. Yeah. You escaped at? 30. At 30 and got caught when? Same. I didn't stay, stay you, out too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't stay out long. They got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I said earlier that uh, when you got caught, um, you ultimately ended up, ended up uh, firing your attorneys, uh, representing yourself, and gaining your freedom 19 years earlier uh, than um, most of your family and friends expected. Tell me about that that part of the story. Yeah. Uh when I got caught in that, Geo did a documentary about it called Breakout. Mm -hmm. You guys can see that on my website and mm -hmm. on YouTube. I started getting mail from people who said that I was smart. First time I ever heard that I was smart. Mm. So I wrote a book. And after I wrote the book, I started studying the law. I started teaching myself the law. The book is called Chasing Freedom. Chasing Freedom. D-U-M. Chasing, mm -hmm. Chasing Freedom the Wrong Way. Mm -hmm. So I started studying the law and trying to find ways to get myself out then. Eventually, I found a loophole in the law. I filed a motion with the court. My attorney said it wasn't going to work. So I fired my attorney, represented myself, and it actually worked. That's <laughs> why I love black men. That's why I love black men. I just love, I love black people. But, but, but so <laughs> I'm laughing because the first time you heard that you were smart was when uh, Nat Geo did this documentary uh, called Breakout uh, about your story. And people start saying, you are really, really smart. What what was it prior to that that made you think or not know that you had a serious intellectual capacity? Because it was never acknowledged. Where I'm from, people don't acknowledge you or commend you for having intellect. They mm -hmm. commend you for selling drugs and gangbanging. Mm -hmm. And that's what I received as a kid. Oh, you making money. You selling dope. Oh, man, you can fight. You know what I'm saying? You can shoot a gun, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there's something that encouraged us as young black men to to perpetuate that cycle because we're praised for it. Even if you look at a lot of music and media imagery, they praise young black men for that for being able to be violent 
or for being able to sell drugs, this stereotypical imagery of a black man mm-hmm. is what's perpetuated and we're praised for it. But very few are actually praised for being smart. That's something that, that needs to be fixed in our communities. We need to start telling each other that we're smart yeah. and praising each other for it. Yeah. And that never happened as a kid. It wasn't until I escaped from prison and people from around the world started writing me letters like, hey, you're smart. Mm-hmm. To be from Compton, mm-hmm. dropped out of school at 13, you pulled off this great escape, what's your IQ? Mm-hmm. When I started hearing this, I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. IQ, smart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These are things I need to explore, right? Yeah, you, st- you, you started owning it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I might as well own this. If they say I'm smart, I'm going to own it. And and that's what my friend Cornell West says all the time. He says, you know, I'm paraphrasing him, but the white kids aren't any smarter than black kids. He said this many times, teaching it at, uh, uh, at at Princeton as he has for years, at Harvard. He went to went to Harvard, of course. Cornell West went to Harvard, so he's taught at Harvard. He's taught at Princeton. And he said to me many, many times, Brother Tavis, it's not that these white kids are any smarter than these black kids. You know what it is? I said, what, Doc? He says these white kids have white folk their whole lives telling them how smart they are, yeah, how brilliant they are. They hear it all day, every day as they're growing up. And eventually they start to own that. Yeah. And when you start to own it, you start to act it out. You start acting and it, it, out. It, it, and, and it can, in fact, become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. But they're told that their whole lives. We don't tell our kids that. And they don't start to own it and believe it. So I take your point. Um, speaking of your brilliance <laughs> and your ingenuity, um, I was I was saying earlier that you got you got a, you got a heck of a cast for this for this upcoming film. Uh, Aubrey Joseph of, of Cloak and Dagger. Theo Rossi of True Story. Thomas Jane from Tropo, Tyrese Gibson from Fast and Furious, of course we know, Vivica A. Fox from Kill Bill and a thousand other things. Um, just an amazing cast of people, but I don't want to sleep on your soundtrack. Miles, you ain't ready for this. On his soundtrack, run some names. Snoop Dogg, The Game, French Montana, DDG, <laughs> Davies. Uh, those are some of the big names involved right there. And that's the soundtrack. Now, speaking again of his brilliance and ingenuity, you're producing this project. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting together everything independently. <laughs> That's why I love Bosco. <laughs> um, it's 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 an amazing story, uh, and I, I you hear me laughing because I just get tickled every time I see him just to know the backstory uh, behind the movie that you're going to see this summer. I assume. Uh, not unlike any great project in this town, it's the story that's pulling all these people in. Aside from your charisma, which we yeah. discussed earlier, <laughs> it's the story that's pulling all these people in. Yeah, a lot of people definitely like my story. Yeah, yeah. And part of that story is the work he's doing now. He uh, founded uh, the Chasing Freedom Foundation and Jailhouse Publishing He's on the executive board of uh, ICANN Youth Foundation. So t- tell me a bit about um, the redeeming work that you do every day. Yeah, the Chasing Freedom Foundation is something I started as a way to, uh, it's a nonprofit to help people in prison for nonviolent drug offenses to mm-hmm. try to help get them out of prison, help them transition into society when they get out. Jailhouse Publishing was formed to help people in prison create their art, you know, mm-hmm. write their books and help them get them published. And ICANN Youth Foundation, I'm sure a lot of people in L.A. know about ICANN Youth Foundation. Uh, my cousin Rockhead, mm-hmm. Joe Rockhead Johnson, founded that, him and Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. So I got out, became a member of the board on that, started pushing that. Uh, we uh, actually worked through sports and mentoring young people in the community. 
When I first moved here, you don't know this story, but when I first moved here, some of the audience knows it was in my my uh, my memoir. Uh, I first lived with Jim Brown when I moved here. Okay, for sure. In, 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 in his, uh, his uh, he has a little place under the pool at his house, uh, a little uh, stowaway, if you will. And I lived there with Jim Brown uh, for quite some time until I found my own place and got on my feet. So I'm always grateful to Jim Brown, the greatest to ever play the game. Yeah, he uh, started the the uh, American Mar- Mar- can. can exactly. So my cousin. Who worked with Jim Brown yeah. started the ICANN, ICANN which yeah. is an off branch. No, it's great, man. Yeah. It's great stuff. Um, I got uh, a minute and a half here. Um, what say you about two things, very quickly? And this, these are two questions we can spend hours on. What What do you make of this so called war on drugs in this country? And what do you make of our penal system? War on drugs is a war against people. Mm. As we can see, only people really greatly affected by it are people of color from communities like ours. Uh, we're the ones sitting in prison for life and for decades behind the drugs. It's taking men out of the community. It's taking financially orientated men out of the community because a lot of the men who they actually lock up are nonviolent, financially orientated people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has a great effect on the community. I think it devastated the community our community as a whole. And the penal system is another form of slavery. <laughs> yeah, no. Nothing else needs to be said about that. That's exactly what it is. Um, His name is Quante uh, Bosco Adams. Uh, The motion picture uh, about his life uh, drops uh, this summer in theaters this summer, 2023. I can't wait for the film. Um, I I just uh, am just thrilled uh, at the work he's doing these days. Uh, And um, it's it's uh, I think. uh, uh, it's inspiring to other young black men um, to That's hear. That's the purpose. Yeah, to hear. Yeah, yeah that uh, if I can do it, they can. Yeah, and you and you don't mean the breakout part. You mean yeah. just transforming, exactly. evolving. Exactly. Uh, Bosco, good to have you come in, man. Thank you for your Thank time, you. brother. I'll see you soon. That's our show for today. Time to make room now for the KBLA Midday Money Chain. After that, uh, D.L. Hughley and then Riva. Tune in at four thirty-five for the update on the. Uh, Mark with the Thomas trial. The jury has the case right now as we speak. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow morning, keep the faith.